to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker here with me as we are about to dive into the summer special of Overtime Hockey Talk, and that is just another top ten list as we're famous for. Uh, and Justin, this is maybe one of my most favorite lists that I have made for the show. Yeah this this was this was a fun one. I, I have to admit, I was uh, I was excited when you when we were you know, throwing ideas back and forth and you threw this one out there. I got a little giddy, got a little chub. So yeah. it was great. Yeah. A little chub. Isn't it, isn't it normally little though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the uh, top 10 list that we're going to do today are the top 10 players without a Stanley cup in uh, NHL history. So uh, this one, I mean, this one there to do a top 10 of this is very difficult because there are so many players who haven't won a cup that are fantastic uh, and were, were very good players at whatever time they played. Uh, there, there are definitely some obvious ones that have to be on the list, but I, I really think these lists could be uh, very different. And now one thing that we both determined before we made our list was that uh, they had to be somebody who is retired. So no Connor McDavid, no Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, uh, none of them can can be on this list uh because obviously they are far from done with their careers lord willing and uh so it has to be somebody who's retired i think i have you know very few like yeah anyways on my list most of the players are like well retired um some of them more recent but i think i've got a good i've got a good range of guys throughout the the history of the league you know what i did find was that it was difficult to really find a player who hadn't won a cup before 1967 that was really good (laughs) because if you didn't win a cup before 1967 you probably weren't really good that's very true right like i mean there the yeah it's just it wasn't that difficult to to find your way to the stanley cup finals and win a cup over the course of what, like, let's say a 10-year career, there's six teams, you, you've got a pretty good chance of winning. Uh, as long as you didn't, didn't, you know, especially if you played on Montreal, you definitely won. Um, yeah. As, basically, as long as you didn't play on Chicago, you were in pretty good shape. No. Um, well, yeah. okay, t- give me a little bit of a... Um, just just a glimpse into how you determined where to rank players you know what 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 helped push them up the list or drop them down or put them into your just missed yeah i mean really it my biggest thing was when i looked at players i really thought about players who were uh franchise players they were you know when you when you thought of that team right you you thought of those players uh they were guys who basically drove play they drove the production for that team. They were basically like heart and soul guys really is what I looked at because to me, those are guys that deserve a cup, right? They, um, you know, like for example, here's a guy who's obviously technically not retired. Uh, but you could say with San Jose, right? He's a heart and soul kind of guy. He, um, you know, really, I mean, he was just, he drove a lot of play early on in his career for, for San Jose. He really, him and Patrick Marlowe put that team on their back and really took them far. And so, um, you know, guys like that, that really, um, you know, were really the reason the team certainly went far in the playoffs, right? And had shots at winning because of how good they were and how much they, uh, 
you know, how much success they had on and off the ice. And so, um, you know, a lot of that had to do with two. There were, I, I will say there was a personal bias where, you know, I maybe have one or two guys on my list that maybe might not make your list, but because I, I grew up watching them, you know, maybe, you know, I have a little bit more um, empathy for wanting them to win a cup and wish they would have. So, and then of course, if you're a goaltender, you get an extra little point for me too. So. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. My list consists of two goaltenders. So, ah, um, mine does too. I love it. Yeah. I, it, the goalie version of this is almost like, it's almost like you got to do, uh, just a goalie one. Um, but the goalie, I guess the, the goalie just is not in control of what the team does in front of him. Like he can stop the shots. I mean, the, the goalie can let in one goal. And still lose the game. So, yes, a goalie can absolutely help you to win, but technically, I'll just say technically, a goalie cannot win you a game. He can't. He can't score a goal. I mean, you know, barring the, the 10 times it's happened in history, a goalie doesn't score the goal. And if, if your sure. team can't score a goal, they don't win. So no matter how good a goalie is, he has to have a good team in front of him. Um, there are... Uh, there's also there's a lot of goalies that haven't won a cup that are good goalies, and it's because of that. You know, they they float around there. They're and granted over the last so many years, you also have Wa won a bunch of cups. You know, you you've got a lot of the same guys going back to the to the drink. Broder won a bunch of cups, uh, so it kind of held back a couple other guys who who may have otherwise won one, but. Uh, I do have two goalies on my list, but, but well, before we jump into the list, let's let's do our just miss. You said you had four players on your just miss. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on my just miss. Eight players, eight, I love it. Eight players on my just miss. <laughs> I I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I I love it. It's just this was yeah a very very hard list, and I think yeah it really just came down to. I think a lot of a lot of guys got a little bit more of a, a tip in the cap just because I watched them growing up. And so, um, but for, for my four players, I'll just jump right into it. Uh, one of them is Joe Thornton. He's technically not retired, but let's face it, I don't think he's playing this season. Uh, barring a, a catastrophic amount of injuries to the center position, then a team might come calling. Uh, I considered to, him retired, so. Yeah, similar to, I mean, Eric Stahl, right? He's uh, He's getting the PTO. That might happen with Joe Thornton, you know, if he wants to keep going. So, uh, to me, technically doesn't qualify, but I'm putting him on my just miss just because he's kind of in that gray zone. Uh, I've also got Ryan Miller, who I grew up just, you know, after Dominic Koshik leaves Buffalo, you think this team's going down the the toilet here. But he essentially put this team on his back, similar to what Hashik did for a lot of years. And uh, not only that, but did it for for the Americans in the Olympics. I mean, he had, I was just devastated when Crosby scored that goal, but I'm sure you loved it. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to me, Ryan Miller was a guy that I just I wish could have won a cup, and you know maybe he'll get one in management. Uh, and then two other guys who are more or less considered power forwards: Jerome Aginla and Eric Lindros, just talented players. I Aginla is just a phenomenal. I mean, when you think of the Flames, right? He's He's the guy you think of for the Calgary Flames as far as a franchise player is concerned. Sure. Okay. Uh, my just miss, I'll run through a few of them. I've got Gene Rattel on uh, my just miss. Poor guy. Played 123 playoff games. Got to the finals three times but never won the cup. 
he retired as the sixth all-time leading scorer in the NHL, uh, and of course has almost almost uh, a point per game in in his career of over twelve hundred games. So he uh, he's he was a killer. Uh, I've got Keith Kachuk. This guy, you know, I'll say some of my list, some of the reason why I I included players in some respects, or at least on this just missed, I was like, man, some really good players, not only did they not get a cup, but like they barely sniffed it. And they really right. got screwed with the teams that they were on. And Keith Kachuk is one of them. He had one conference final appearance in 13 tries. So, and that when I say 13 tries, I mean... The teams that he were he was on, uh, he made the playoffs thirteen times out of a a possible twenty times. So he already missed the playoffs. What uh, basically thirty three thirty five something percent of the time that he was playing, and the other times one in thirteen he made it to the conference finals, and only twice did he even win in the first round. Made it to the oh second round two times. So he won a total of three rounds. In 13 attempts and in 20 full NHL seasons, and yet, I mean, he's uh, you know considered one of the one of the greatest, at least American-born hockey players of all time, and certainly for the the time that he played, where he was playing in his whole career was was the trap. You know, almost his whole career was playing in that trap kind of uh, stifling defense, low scoring. And he was one of the guys who was still putting up 30-plus goals every year uh, despite all that. So very good player. Never never even got close to sniffing it. Uh, I have two goalies on my just missed. Uh, Chuck Rayner for the New York Rangers and Jose Teodor are the only goalies to win the heart without winning a cup. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, both those guys. I mean, that's... It at least shows that you were the best player in the whole league one year, at least for one year. I'm, you know, and you never once got got your Stanley Cup. So that that's that's a reason to be on there. Um and uh Chuck Chuck Rayner, an interesting thing. He won the heart in 1950 for the Rangers. And the next player that won the heart that never won the cup, do you know who it is? Oh, I don't can't think of it. Took top 45 of my head. years to have another one. Which is pretty 40. incredible when you think like the league went forty five years before one of their best players didn't win a championship. That's a good question, and it's Eric Lindros. Yes, yes, That's the next one. Absolutely. He won in that lockout year, um, and then finally, uh, my last two. Uh, I suspect that maybe one of these players are on your list. Uh, I have Gilbert Perot and Matt Sundin on my just missed. Okay, yeah, obviously, both of those guys did make my list. Yep, obviously Perot, best Buffalo Saber of all time, and uh, I think he only made it to the finals once. Uh, and then Matt Sundin, of course, never made it to the Stanley Cup finals with the Leafs. He made the conference finals a couple times, uh, yeah, at least a couple times, and uh, yeah, had a great career, but just never never got there. So Bummer. All right, well let's let's jump into this list. And you know what? I just realized that I have eleven players on my uh, top ten. So. <laughs> so, so yeah, actually, so, I do too. <laughs> oh, do you? well, I guess by that standard, I actually have twelve, but I have two of them linked. Oh, okay. Two, well. two of them are a slash because uh, they're you know connected at the hip, 
as it were. Yes. Um, I think I think you, you could probably figure out who that is. Um, well, I'll just tell you my number 11 since I got 11 in here. <laughs> Go. Um, I guess I don't have two goalies in my top 10 because I have Curtis Joseph at number 11. Uh, most games won by a goaltender without a Stanley Cup. Tier. Rip well, for, Q, for Cujo. Was. He no longer is. Oh, who's that? There is another gentleman on my list who actually holds that title now, uh, Roberto Luongo. Oh, Luongo. Oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't even uh, that didn't even pop into my head. But yep, Luongo for sure. He uh, is freshly retired, so I can I can see the mistake. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't even. Uh, I you know I just don't focus on goalies much. I went. Who are the two? Who are like the best goalies that I can think of that don't have a cup? And uh, those are the two that I kind of like from different because my other one is also is more from the same era as Luongo. Um, and I would give him the the tip of the cap as being the better goalie. Uh, and Curtis Joseph to me was he was just the, the most fun goalie to watch that I've ever seen. And uh, and he got, you know, he was on bad teams and he if he had been on a good team he would have won a cup hands down would have won a cup because he was so good and he carried so many teams but just couldn't carry them over that that hump because they you know they just weren't good enough um, a lot of those Edmonton teams those Toronto teams a bunch of injuries and uh, the, maybe the maybe the one biggest regret would be that Detroit team but see once Curtis Joseph was unbelievable in uh, what was it 2000 and Three, right? That he was the Wings goalie, and they got swept by Anaheim. And his goals against average was like one point eight, and his save percentage was nine five or something like something crazy. And he still lost because the Red Wings could not score on Jean uh, Sebastian Jaguer. Yeah, so sorry to bring that he, up. No, it's <laughs> that is a horrible memory. But uh, yeah, actually, oh three, he got swept. He was a nine seventeen two oh eight, but it was the year after with Detroit. He went nine games. But they lost in 0304, and he had a 939 save percentage, 1.39 goals against. 0.39. Just unreal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the previous 917 and a 208 goals against. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't letting in any goals. The Red Wings just couldn't score on Jaguar. I like you can't blame you can't blame Joseph or uh, like that was the greatest run by a goaltender in the history of the NHL in the playoffs. And they and they still again they still didn't win the cup, <laughs> right? <laughs> because the team in front of them couldn't score in the New Jersey Devils. Um, but that Jaguar, however many games um, Jaguar played in those playoffs, I, I would let's see that first series went four. I know they swept uh, with the Minnesota Wild as well. And uh, let's see, they he he played eighteen games and went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, and won thirteen of them. So. 922 save percentage and a 197 goals against in those that, those playoffs as, as a whole. Only one shutout. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong year. My bad. I was oh. like, that seems low. <laughs> no, sorry. Right. That was 2006-07. That was the year that he actually won the cup. Um, he played 21 games and had a 945 save percentage and a 1.62 goals against average. And he had five shutouts. <laughs> <laughs> five of your five of your fifteen wins are a shutout. Unbelievable. Uh, so okay, so that's uh, yeah, and and uh, Curtis Joseph just. I mean, the guy won tons of games. He was a great goalie. He just uh, never never was on a good team. 
So tell me who your number 10 is. Yeah, number 10 for me is a guy who made your just missed list. Um, that is Matt Sundin. Okay. From the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. Uh, I mean, this guy to me was just embodied leadership, right? I mean, he was the first European to ever go first overall in the 1989 NHL entry draft to Quebec, which no longer exists. But um, you know what? Came to Toronto and was just immediately a leader. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for him, he ended up finishing his career literally just barely over a point per game. I mean, 1,349 points in 1,346 games. And this guy, I mean, he only went as far uh, as the conference finals twice with yep. the Toronto Maple Leafs. 10 times to the playoffs, made the postseason. So really the the, the Maple Leafs were up and down and uh, really couldn't find any success. And, of course, that was during the 2000s when they had to deal with the likes of Philadelphia and New Jersey, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, there were just juggernauts in front of them that uh, – Yeah, they wouldn't really beat the were, Red Wings in 02 had they beaten the Hurricanes. So no. No big yeah. deal. Um, no one was winning that one for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about putting him on the list. My, my issue was I thought is was Sundin ever – the best center in the league, let alone the best, you know, the best. At, and, and I, I just couldn't get there. Like he, he was very consistent. He was a, a, a fantastic player. You know, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, I just had trouble putting him on the list with the, the thought that like, mm, did he, did he really, is he really one of the best in his era? I don't know. I don't know that I would put him there at least, you know, he. There were certainly times where maybe he was like a top five center, um, but not top five player in the league. I don't think. So that that's where I had a little bit of trouble with it. Um, that's fair. But I'll say that uh, based on my next guy, I mean, you could you could make an argument that that Sundin should is, is the same vibe as uh, my number ten, and that's Phil Housley. Uh, Phil Housley, same as Sundin. He never won like a an MVP or any like really big time award. Uh, but Phil Housley has the most games played in NHL history with no Stanley Cup, fourteen hundred and ninety five games. Uh, I mean, he was he was in the top three voting for the Norris once, um, and was was up for the Norris several other times. You know, was in the top ten and whatnot. Uh, but he, I mean, guy just put up a ton, a ton of points, 1,232 points. Uh, I I am confident when I say that he is the highest scoring defenseman without a Stanley Cup as well. Uh, so even though, like Sundin, he maybe wasn't ever the best defenseman in the NHL over the course of his career. And and if I think if he had played now and was putting up similar numbers that he was putting up then, I, like in comparison, uh, I think you might have seen him win a Norris. But I think it, back then you were like, who was uh, who was it that was winning a Norris Trophy for? Uh, was it Chicago? That like you you were having Norris Trophy winners win that were really good defensemen, not just oh they put up a bunch of points. Like Randy Carlisle won, Doug Wilson uh, winning a Norris, and I. I don't think that he was was he putting up huge points when he won that Norris in 1982 I mean I guess yeah he put up 85 points it's it's, that's uh no slacker (laughs) no slack at all (laughs) 85 points for a defenseman and in the 80s but um you know Phil Housley put up 97 points 
92-93 and was only fifth in Norris Trophy voting. 97 mm. points. Uh, the other players ahead of him, Chris Chelios, great player, but uh, everyone had had way less points than, than Housley. Kevin Hatcher, 79 points. Larry Murphy, 85. Ray Bork, 82. And Chelios, 73. And I, I think that had Phil Housley played now, he would have had more votes. He only had 6% of the votes. In a season that a defenseman had 79 assists, he had 18 goals. Al Iafredi had 25 goals that year. <laughs> and he only wow. got 4% of the votes for the for the Norris. Like the, I, I just say this to, to say that I think the way that the Norris is awarded has changed a little bit. We've definitely gone to like, mm, all right, who's the leading goal scorer? Or like, who's putting up a ton of points? You have to be one of the top point getters to win it. And uh, and you're you're not going to win it if you're if you're putting up forty points or anything like that. So, uh, anyways, I have Housley in there. He's he's got all the stats to say, hey, I played for a long time and I was really good for a long time, put up a lot of points, and did not win a cup. Yeah, it's easy to say he was one of the best. Sure. Yeah, thirteen times he made the playoffs and uh, had fifty six points in eighty five playoff games as well. So he uh, he definitely was. He's a good, good, good pro. Really good pro. Um, yep. Unfortunately, he played for the Buffalo Sabers when he was making <laughs> the playoffs a lot in the '80s. So they lost a lot. He actually only went to uh, he went to the conference finals one time, and oh no, you know what? I think he probably went to the finals. He just didn't play them all. Uh, he went to the finals with Washington in 1998. That was the only time that he went to the right. finals. Uh, Didn't okay. work out well for them. <laughs> no, no, no. He, I, I'm I'm confident when I say that he did not win a game in the Stanley Cup Finals in that case. Uh, who do you have at number nine? All right, number nine. I have a guy who you talked about, right, not winning the hardware, but this guy finished, uh, I, I, my only defenseman on the list, finished six-time runner-up for the Norris Trophy. Uh, unfortunately played in an era where he had to go up against or, Bobby Orr oh, yeah, yeah. and Bradley Park. Jenny Potvin. But yes, Brad Park okay. went to three Stanley Cup finals. Um, cracks me up. I, I look at the voting, for for example, in 75-76, he had 59 points in 56 games. Managed to finish fifth in the Hart Trophy voting. Now, if you had told me that you had a defenseman who finished fifth in Hart Trophy, you would more than likely say hey, he probably, probably won win. the Norris. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, not at all. Finished second that year, of course. So It's a Bobby Orr. You Orr. know, <laughs> Uh, or, who did he or, finish or that year? I'm sorry, Denny Popvin. Yeah, okay. Denny Popvin came in with 98 points that season. Ooh, so, uh, baby, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and Denny Popvin finished second behind Barbie, Bobby Clark. Oh, so two defensemen voting. were in the top five of. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is a guy who was clearly at the top of his game and one of the best in the league for so many years. I mean, he he was just I I, I felt bad because he had to play on these Boston teams where you have to follow in Bobby or shadow sure. right in the late seventies and early eighties. And then of course goes to Detroit during the dead wing era. So no luck there. And uh, you know, again, went to the Stanley cup finals three times, but just couldn't manage to seal the deal. I believe he lost to Montreal. Uh, sure did. At least, at least two of those times in the, in the set late seventies, right? He lost to Montreal. Yeah. And then what earlier did they lose to Boston when he was on New York? Uh Yeah. Sure did in seventy seven seventy eight. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. The 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 crappy part was is 
you know, he got to play in the 72 Summit Series and was the MVP and of the eighth and deciding game. I mean, this guy was on the All-Star team nine different times. So he was, I mean, literally one of the best and retires from the NHL in, in gosh, 85 and then gets voted in first year in 88. So this is a guy who clearly uh, was highly decorated, looked upon by his peers as one of the best in the game, but just ultimately couldn't close the deal. Yeah. Absolutely. He was, uh, he's, uh, he's on my list too. He's, uh, at number eight. So, okay. He'll be coming up. Um, I, I wanted to take this time to, uh, to just talk about before I, before I give you, well, okay, I'll give you my number nine. Then, then, then I'll, then I'll throw this little tidbit in there. Um, of the most cursed player in the history of the league, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, my number nine is my, my dual threat. Uh, that's Daniel and Henrik Sedin, who uh, both both players I'll say technically won an MVP. One one of them won the Hart, and one of them won the the Pearson. So, or you know, what it was called the Pearson at the time, I think uh, the uh, the Ted uh, Lindsay Ted Lindsay Award. Yes, whichever one it was called at the time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll say both of them. Both of them had, were had MVP type seasons. Uh, obviously, both really great players. We'll never see anything like it ever again. And uh, the two of them are truly linked forever. Uh, very similar stats all throughout their career. And, you know, d- two fantastic players. And then the fact that you have these two unbelievable players and only get to the Stanley Cup Finals once, uh, just it just kind of shows how, you know, there, there were just some better teams out there. Uh, unfortunately... Roberto Luongo had some mishaps, uh, kind of fell apart in a couple playoffs. I think that if he had, maybe I don't want to say that he he's not mentally tough, but like he had some big breakdowns in a couple of those series. Uh, particularly, I'm, am I remembering one against Chicago, uh, where where he let in a ton of goals and he just he he maybe lost them a year. Uh, because of the way that he played in the playoffs, and unfortunately, especially that that loss to the L.A. Kings, where the Canucks were coming in the top team in the league, and they lose to the the Kings, who I think the Kings went on to win the cup. Right? Was that the year that the Kings won the cup? When they, they sure yeah, did. Yeah. So, I mean, good on them, but I think that the Canucks had a great shot to win the cup that year, and they should have beat L.A. in the first round, and uh, and they just couldn't. So. Uh, Daniel and Henrik, there you go. I'm, I, they sound the, are they higher up on your list? Oh, they are on my list. That okay. is, okay. that is for sure. Yeah, yep. but All not right. that much All higher. All <laughs> right, we'll we'll get to we'll get to your reasoning uh, why they are where they are uh, when they hit your list. Uh, my number eight was Brad Park, so I don't have to give you my number eight, but I'm going to tell you my most cursed player of all time. Please do. Kind of in like a positive curse, though. You know, like no one's going to complain about being the 32nd all-time points getter in the playoffs. You know, no one's going to complain about being uh, the second highest scoring player in Stanley Cup Finals history, although without a cup, without without a cup. Uh, I guess you would complain about that last part. Uh, You know, you go to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, five times. And uh, you lose all five. I mean, you got to the finals. That's that's pretty sweet. Um, but you lost all five times. Uh, that player is Brian Prop. 
Brian, Brian Prop in 1980 goes to the finals with the Philadelphia Flyers, loses in six games to the Islanders. And then the true curse begins. In 1985, the Flyers go to the finals against the Oilers and they lose in five games. Then in 87, they go to the finals again against the Oilers and lose in seven games. Uh, then in 1989, Philadelphia loses to Montreal in six games in the conference finals. So the next year, they ramp it back up. He actually goes to the Boston Bruins and loses in five games in the Stanley Cup finals to the Edmonton Oilers again. <laughs> so three times in five years, he lost to the same team in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, then... In 1991, he gets traded to the Minnesota North Stars, who go to the Stanley Cup final again and loses in <laughs> six games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he he didn't quite pull off the, the Hosa or the Perry where he played for three different teams and lost in the finals, but he was very close. Like, 89, he loses in the conference finals with Philadelphia. 90, he loses in the finals with Boston. And 91, he loses in the finals with Minnesota. Uh, and the difference being, Hosa got his cups. Perry had a cup. So nobody's complaining there. But yeah, anyways, he has the most points in Stanley Cup uh, finals history without a cup. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Most points in Stanley Cup finals history without a, without a cup. 22 points in 29 games. He's 32nd all-time in playoff points and the second most without a Stanley Cup. I love it. So that's uh, I, I'm not going to go and say that Brian Prop is one of the top ten best players without a cup, but good lord, he was a I mean he was a really good player, uh, and and he just just uh, couldn't couldn't win it. I mean he yeah, thirty I mean, second <laughs> all time in points in the playoffs. I mean that's that's some elite company that that you find yourself in, uh, and and did not win a cup so. Anyways, that's uh, that's my little anecdote. I love it. Uh, who's your number eight? Yeah, number eight. I have the Russian rocket Pavel Beret. Mmm, I like it. Yes, I mean, listen, this guy could score some goals, right? Two time Richard winner. Uh, he actually had back to back sixty goal seasons and doesn't win the Richard. You think in the early nineties, uh, coming into that left wing lock era, and so. Um, you know, ultimately, I mean, he just he could score some goals. He was the fastest guy on the ice anytime he was he was there. There was nobody faster than him. I I honestly think he could have probably beat Connor McDavid or Dylan Larkin in a speed skating contest at the peak of his uh, at the height of his speed, basically to to put it simply. Um, but man, this this guy could fly. He could score goals. He knew how to finish, and and ultimately, he was just. He was never on great teams. He was on good teams, but never great teams. And so he was the guy that always just seemed to drive possession, drive offense for his teams. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, in the only trip to the Stanley Cup finals in 93-94, he had to go against the Rangers. And Mark Messier would not be denied that year. So there was, uh, unfortunately, no hope for Vancouver that season, even though he did manage to put up 31 points in 24 games, 16 yeah. goals in 24 games, yeah. nothing to bulk at, so had a great playoff yeah he's a a fantastic player especially like it's sad that his career kind of um took a dip after he had a lot i believe it was back injuries if i remember right actually knee he knee, uh knee, there yeah. was a lockout year after 0203 and then he uh 
just called it quits because he yeah. just he said he couldn't play at his elite level anymore, so he decided to just shut it down. Yeah, you know, this is where this this list is just nuts. Uh, I don't have Beret <laughs> on my list, and like, could I? Sure, I I'll take Beret. Um, yeah, maybe over some of these guys. Uh, maybe the reason that I don't have him on here compared to these guys is that uh, I I guess it's because some of these guys played longer careers and so they had even more heartbreak. You're like, oh man, how did he not make the finals or or win a cup kind of thing? But Burray, I I kind of understand because his window of being a, a really good player was relatively short in comparison to a lot of these guys that... I guess that's my only <laughs> that's my only excuse here. <laughs> but uh okay. Yeah, man, guy won sixty goals of that year in ninety three, ninety four. Crazy. And back to back years. Just unreal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and still didn't win the goal scoring uh leader, did he? Nope. Because you had Timu Solani and Alex McGillney go off the in ninety two ninety three. Didn't even get Hart Trophy consideration. I mean, he in '94 he finished 12th in Hart voting, but that was it, right? And, yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Crazy. That's the like, it's tough because, yeah, he was. I mean, he was a great player, um, and you know some of the, uh, some of the, like the Russian stuff from the early '90s. I kind of take the voting as a little bit. I, I give it a little like, well a lot of those writers were Canadians and there was a little bit of a, an anti-Russian vibe going on. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it, like, I don't think that they would have voted a Russian to win, win it anyways. Um, so I, I think that definitely played a, played a part. I mean, he was in uh 99, 2000 though. He was third in heart trophy voting for the Florida Panthers. Yeah. But I will say in 93, 94 Fedorov did win the heart. Uh, but he was and the Selkie was that the year he won the Selkie too? Yeah, he was yeah. miles above everybody yeah. else as far as play was concerned. So yeah, um, yeah, and and he play, I mean, and he's playing in Vancouver. He's on the West Coast at the time. You know, watching hockey far less accessible, so you don't have the ability to watch a guy the same way you do watching the Detroit Red Wings, being in the right. on the East Coast. So there's that too. Um, great pick there. Uh, my number seven is Mike Gartner. Uh, quite possibly the most consistent player in NHL history. Uh, the most 30-goal seasons in a career. and uh, 15. To start his career, too. 15. And and we're talking... We're not talking like he just... Oh, he just scored around 30 goals. I mean, no. He had, he had 40... Well, he had 50 once. Uh, and then he had 40 another... Three, four, five, six, seven times, <laughs> and one of those was a forty-nine goal season. Um, and it's cr- it's what's crazy for the amount of goals that this guy scored, and and even late into his career. I mean, in you know ninety six, ninety seven, he's scoring thirty two goals as a thirty seven year old, uh, thirty five goals as a thirty six year old. I mean, he was a good player, and uh, for for everything that he did. I mean, he actually was, he was never on like voted on an all-star team. Nothing. I mean, 1,335 points in 1,432 games, uh, 708 goals, quite, 
quite possibly the best like pure skater. I mean, he held the the record for the fastest skating thing in the All Star game for years until Dylan Larkin broke it. But I mean, we'll also give I give a little bit of like well. Yes, but look at the skates that they use now compared to the skates that they right. use in 1990. Like they weigh about a, 10 pounds more. <laughs> yeah, there's a big technology difference that definitely would would give you uh, you know, that extra 0.1 seconds that you need in there. Uh but man, for my money, Mike Gartner is just so consistent, so good everywhere he went. He he played for the Washington Capitals, Minnesota North Stars, the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Phoenix Coyotes. He scored 30 goals. He's hit 30 goal seasons for every single team that he played for. And uh, I, you just, you can't deny what the guy did on the ice, even if he didn't necessarily get all the accolades. Um, his full body of work over the course of his career is just, there, there probably will never be a player like him ever again. Um, but he just, you know, I think he went to the he went to the conference finals once, and that's that's it. He uh, he he won only four times in the uh, out of the first round, out of the fifteen years that he made the playoffs. So just kind of was on. I mean, he was on some some lesser teams and had to go up against some uh, some juggernauts later in his career too. So, um, let's get your number seven. Number oh, seven. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. I forgot no. one thing. One, the worst part for Mike Gartner. <laughs> uh, in 1993-94, do you remember who won the Stanley Cup? Oh, yeah. I was saving this one for, for when he hits on my list, but please go. <laughs> uh, the, okay, yeah. The New York Rangers uh, traded him at the deadline <laughs> to the Leafs. And, hey, the Leafs had a good playoff. You know, they they went to the Game 7 of the Conference Finals. They, he almost played his old team in the Finals. Um and uh, lo and behold, you know, Toronto uh, loses and the Rangers win the cup. So that's really the closest you ever got to winning the cup. I My thing was, why, why did the New York Rangers trade a guy headed in? So their like, coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Their coach wanted somebody who brought more grit to, oh, the, to the team. And so they give up a perennial 30-goal scorer to say let's go get some more grit and i mean granted yes it worked out for new york but you know they probably i mean i have no doubt they, well, they would got have glenn still anderson. Had success yes absolutely for glenn but, anderson i mean would it have still worked out if he stayed in there i probably think it would have i would think so yeah i mean glenn anderson had six points all playoffs that year right and uh i, I mean yeah he he was he had seven goals in 35 games for the Rangers in total, his regular season and his playoffs. Uh, my God, 42 penalty minutes in the playoffs that year. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like Gartner didn't produce for, for you know the playoffs either. I mean, the year before, in 91-92, with the Rangers, he put up 16 points in 13 games. Right. With Toronto, I mean, with Toronto points yeah. in 18 games. So, I mean, he had... He had the production was there. That year, he had 34 goals. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, well, that's... Uh, yeah. What, what can you injury. do? What can you do? Okay, let's go your number seven. Uh, I've got a pair of guys at number seven, the Sedin twins for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, these were guys that basically are franchise guys, right? Like I talked about with, uh, you know, Jerome Ginla. When you think of this franchise, Vancouver, that's who you're going to think of for quite a long time. Yep. Um, you know, unless 
you know, Elias Pedersen can get his act together and win them a cup maybe down the road. Who knows? Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, and then again, I, the reason I give them a little bit of a knockover guy like Pavel Burry when we're talking about Vancouver is just because, uh, you know, both these guys at one point in their careers were considered the best in the league. So, um, yep. you know, again, you gotta, you, you can't deny what these guys did for this team. And I would have loved to have seen them win over Boston because Boston is probably down there as far as teams that I hate the most. And, um, right there with Colorado. So there you go. sorry. Yeah. I, we're on the same boat about Boston. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of they the Boston run. Bruins, I have a, I have a, a player who played for the Boston Bruins at, uh, at number eight or number, sorry, number six, uh, didn't play there his entire career by any means, but I have Adam Oates. Uh, most playoff points without a cup. 163 games played, and he has 156 points in the playoffs, but yet never won the Stanley Cup. He did make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, was in the playoffs 15 years, made it to the finals with the Washington Capitals uh, in uh, 1998. Once again, got swept, and and he was he had a, a nice career, like getting out of the first round. Was in the conference finals um, early in his career with Detroit. He, uh, you know, he he made it to uh, to the third round in eighty six, eighty seven, and in in uh, eighty seven, eighty eight. I mean, Adam Oates basically, you know, he made Steve Eiserman an even better player, right? Like he took he took a really one of the be- league's best and gave him. Like he was the Nicholas Backstrom kind of vibe to Ovechkin, uh, with Iserman and then with Brett Hull, um, and then you know he goes to Boston and Washington and kind of plays that older veteran role. But uh, I mean, one of the best assist men in the game, and uh, Adam Oates just never never got his cup. Okay, love it. Uh, you're number six. Number six, I've got Daniel Alfredson. Uh, Another guy just, I thought about putting on there, but didn't. Yeah. Yep. I think just this is just one of those guys that I just um, just really enjoyed watching growing up. I mean, this was a guy who just seemed like that heart and soul. He embodied everything when I when you think of leadership, right? He's a guy who you could easily mesh in there with guys like Eisenman, Sackick, Mark Messier, as far as leaders are concerned. I mean, he did everything for this Ottawa team and, you know, managed to drag them into the playoffs on multiple occasions. Uh you know, honestly, didn't get any of the the big awards as far as the heart or anything like that is concerned. Although he did uh, win a Messier and Clancy Trophy, but um, ultimately, I think the highest he ever finished was fifth in heart voting. But uh, you know, again, he he did everything he could for this Ottawa team. They managed to go to the Stanley Cup final, and you know, they got so dang close. Yep, yep. Um, that Anaheim you know, 06, team was 07. just so good. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, he managed to put up 22 points that that year. It was good production, and he always produced right. And he was a line driver. It didn't matter who was playing center with him. He was always, you know, picking this team up and and doing what needed to be done. And um, yeah, he you know, was the me, guy that played a ton too. Like you look yeah. at his ice time, uh, even late in his career, at 35 years old, he averaged 22 minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, in 70 okay. games for Ottawa. Even at 40, 19 minutes. That's top-line minutes right yeah. now. So. Yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, he didn't put up big points that year. He actually he he had a pretty good year for Detroit the one year that he played there. Um, and I know it was just injuries kind of knocked him out. But, uh, sure. yeah, really, really good player that just so happened to play on a team that couldn't find itself 
a win against the uh, honestly against the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. I mean, so many times they lost to the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. I believe it's three times that Ottawa yeah. lost to the Leafs in the first round or second round. So, uh, yeah, 2000, 2001, they got swept by the Leafs. Uh, and I think earlier before that, they lost to the Leafs in six. And then they lost the Leafs again. It was just a, a rough time against the Leafs at that time. And the Leafs, I remember it was like, how do we build our team to beat the Ottawa Senators? And that was like the Leafs goal. As long as they could beat the Senators, it was like you won the cup. <laughs> it, was, it was almost the way that it was like, just beat the Senators. We got to beat the Senators and go through the center. And I remember that year that the Leafs swept them. Ottawa was so good. Ottawa was the two seed coming into that. That was back when it was like one, eight, two, seven and all that. And Ottawa was the two seed and Ottawa had beat the Leafs six times out of six in the regular season. Including a five nothing win in the last game of the season, going into the playoffs, and then and the Leafs swept them. That's a that's like that's something that just doesn't usually happen. That kind of thing, but uh, yeah, unfortunately for him, just couldn't couldn't usually like had the one nice run, but was stopped short several times because of uh, honestly their goaltending. I think in Ottawa was was never as good as the other team that they were going up against. So yeah, like Patrick Laleem and Ron Tugnut and the, like kind of these like (laughs) C level goaltenders that, you know, when you're going up against Curtis Joseph, a bunch of times Ed Belfour, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Right. Um, Exactly. And I think uh, some Ryan Miller later on uh, as well. Um, oh, actually, I think they, I think, no, they are the ones that beat Ryan Miller in 07 to go to the finals. That was, uh, that was who they played in the conference finals. It was. Uh, we're into the top five. Number five. Uh, you want to go with your top, your five? Why not? I've got my, uh, my first of two goalies, okay. uh, Roberto Luongo. All right. I have a goalie at number five, too. Ooh, uh, give it I'll, to me. I'll, uh, I have Henrik Lundqvist at number five. Okay. He is on my list, but just a little higher. A little higher. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's uh, what, t- tell me where Lundqvist is on your list, and then we'll just like have a little conversation there with those two guys. Lundqvist comes in at number two for me. Oh, okay, all right, he's way up there. So, second yeah. best player ever to I, I can, I can, I can respect that. I mean, he was. It, it, what do you think about the fact that Lundqvist only won one Vesna in his career? Yeah, I think when I look at something like that, right, I I immediately go to. Uh, wins right because this was a team uh, that basically when he played for the Rangers right there were a lot of years where they just didn't have really really good teams and yes he he would get 30 wins but look I mean he had to play for example um, you know when he finished second um, you know in in Vesna voting uh, in 2012-13 right 43 games started but only won 24 games so it almost seemed like you know year after 13-14 played 62 games but only 33 wins right? Cause that's what this team was. They weren't going to outscore you like the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Could, or some other teams, uh, you know, today, like when we look at like Edmonton, for example, right? Maybe a lot of their goaltender stats are, uh, ballooned up a little bit as far as wins because of, you know, they can go out there and outscore you. So, um, you know, cause you look at it <laughs> like again in 17, 18, his goals against average was almost three goals a game, but he still managed to put up a nine fifteen save percentage. So he's, He's stopping the puck just when you're getting, you know, 2,000 shots against you a season. It's because your team in front of you just doesn't, <laughs> can't stop, can't keep the puck out of their own end and doesn't know how to score to win you games. So 
that was the problem with with Lundqvist when I looked at his career. Is he played on these mediocre Ranger teams that you know the only reasons they really you know went far was just because he would literally throw them on his back and drag them through the playoffs. I mean, look, he had four straight seasons with the Rangers of getting 9.28 or higher save percentages, which is just crazy. Or 2.14 goals against or less. So, I mean, literally all you had to do was score three goals or some t- and most nights two goals and you were winning a game against the Rangers. Yep. Yep, that's very true. Um he is second in playoff wins without a cup for a goalie. Who's who's who do you think's number 1? Hmm. I would probably go with Cujo. I had is, to guess. It is Cujo. Yep. Yeah. Cujo with uh, 63, Lungfus with 61. Um I was try Yeah, okay, yeah. The the next, uh, the next highest that I can find. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, goalies with a lot of wins that usually you end up with a cup at some point. Right. <laughs> uh, and I think the next highest after that is Pekarene with forty-five wins. Yeah, so. that's that's crazy. I mean, when you look at guys like, for example, um, you know, my number five, Roberto Luongo, right? He is a guy who essentially, uh, you know, carried Florida for so many years. Uh, was just a fantastic goaltender in Vancouver. But, um, you know, look, Luongo played over a 1,000 games. That kind of longevity is unheard of. There's literally yeah. – I mean, when we look at NHL players, right, you get to a 1,000 games, that's that's a big milestone, a big deal for you. But when you think about goaltenders, guys that only play at the most two-thirds of a season because of, you know, the, the physical strain this position takes on you, there's literally only three goaltenders in NHL history that have played a 1,000 games or more. And right. two right. of those, you know, guys, I mean – you know, have multiple cups with Brodeur and Patrick Waugh. So, um, you know, also, maybe also Mark not Andrew. to mention the fact that he he did play a uh, a full season in the AHL too, right? <laughs> so that's uh, like a full season's worth of games, I guess, in the AHL. Right? Um, Wasn't like Mark Andre Fleury where he came in, you know, as a highly touted goaltender and starts right from the get go, right? So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he was fourth overall, but yeah, he. He, but he uh, played a, a terrible Islanders team. And, yes, the Islanders, uh, and then gets traded so. to a terrible Panthers team and was unbelievable. Right. Like, 03-04, terrible team. He played 72 games and only won 25 of them. Right. And had a 931 save percentage. Yeah, <laughs> you want to talk about carrying your team, It's like right one in- of the greatest seasons of all time for a goalie, and, he, and they only won 25 games. That just shows you how horrible that team was yeah and also shows you why i think he deserves to be number five on my list because he was that dominant as far as a player is concerned for his team and he certainly had some some fantastic years uh don't think he ever won a won a vesna did he yeah he's got one he does have or no he didn't i'm sorry no no. he doesn't have he He won a jennings a jennings yeah but never never cracked the the vesna winner um Lots of good yeah, goalies in the league, but yeah, that's that. I guess would be my one, the one little knock. But I think he'll be a a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I, again, he played on some terrible Florida teams, and a, and a big reason why you know you have to, or a big reason or something you need to win the Vesna is you need wins, right? Because yep. you're not going to give a Vesna to a guy who wins 20 games. So no, uh, although you know, nine thirty one save. I mean, you could still say he was the best goalie in the league. It's not a most valuable player like. It's it's just who's the best goalie? He definitely was, but yeah, anyway. in 0304, I mean, Brodeur had a nine seventeen save percentage, but he won thirty eight games. Kippersoff 
Which is I mean, stupid because the reason he won is because of the team in front of him. Hundred percent. Right, ex- exactly. But it also was a bias. Like people oh, love yeah. Broder. They didn't really like Luongo. Like Luongo was kind of a dick, and that that hurt him too. I think. Yeah, and so was Kippersoff. He was a dick too. But yeah. I mean, he had a nine thirty three say percentage and comes in. You know, so I, you know, it's just it is what it is at that point. So. Yeah, that's why you know. Why don't we just let the players vote for the Vesna too? Or like have a have a media, here's all of our trophies awarded by the media and here's all of our trophies awarded by the players. That's what I yeah. want. Um, um Okay, so I had Lunquist at 5, you have Luongo and you have Lunquist at 2. Uh who do you have at 4? At number 4, you have already spoken about him, but I have Mike Gardner. Okay, for all me. right, yeah, Mike so. Gardner, higher. All right, good, good for you, yeah. good man, good man. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I felt bad for him because he gets traded from the Rangers in '94, <laughs> so I gave him a little little bump for that, yeah. <laughs> a little sympathy so bump. Brutal. So brutal. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my number four is I, I'm I am surprised based on the way that you you spoke of him that he it didn't make your list. Uh, I have Jerome McGinley uh, as my number four. Okay. Um, 2002, he wins the Pearson. Doesn't win the MVP. Doesn't win the heart. He just wins the the MVP chosen by the players. Doesn't win the heart because I believe the heart goes to uh, goes to Jose Teodor that year. Yeah, he took everything that year. <laughs> and and I think that the players were just kind of like, no, come on, Aguila needs something. <laughs> so they gave him that. He also wins the Art Ross and the Rocket Trophy that year. Um, I think he tied he tied with Rick Nash and. Kovalchuk that year for the Rocket? Was that that yeah, year? Yeah, Rick Nash and Kovalchuk. You are correct, yeah. sir. Uh, 41 goals. I think it's like the lowest to lead the league in scoring, at least in the, uh, like before that, it, I think maybe it was the 50s or something like that. But I don't think anybody's led the league with only 30, 41 goals other than lockout years in a long time. I don't think it's happened again. Yeah, it was dry. That's for sure. Yeah, that was, that was like peak New Jersey Devils kind of vibe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota Wild were doing it. Their Jacques Lemaire impression, like, oh, brutal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, he tried to chase his cup, too, at the end and just, like, kept picking the wrong horse and uh, picked the Bruins too late, picked the Penguins too late, and and it just didn't, didn't end up working out for him. But such a good player. Uh, I mean, the fact I, – I legitimately would say, I mean, he was – the best player in the NHL at one point. Just f- absolutely phenomenal. Uh, played played in such a way that like it couldn't last his his dominance because he played so hard nosed. Um, was a really good player later in his career too, but just he couldn't last because he was like your prototypical power forward, which doesn't usually. Uh, you're not you're not going to be the best player in the league as a power forward for like ten years. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but Jerome McGinley, he you know what he did do? Do you know that from 1980 until Jerome McGinley won the Art Ross Trophy, that only three players before that had won the yeah. Art Ross? That's Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager. Yeah, it's <laughs> three crazy. players in 20 years. <laughs> and uh, Ginla was the first one to break it, to crack it there. So uh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, okay, let's go. Your number three. Yeah, number three. I have Gilberto Perot. Okay, yeah, you got him way up there. 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, listen, this guy is the, the greatest player in Sabres history as far as I'm concerned, and that famous French connection line. But yep. unfortunately, yep. never got to the cup final and 1,326 points in 1,191 games. So, uh, you know, his number's retired for a reason. And so coming in at number three is Gilbert Perrault. All right. Let's see. My number three is uh, it may be higher on your list. I'm sure that he's on your list. Might be number one highest scoring player in NHL history without a cup. Uh, one of the three players to lead the league in scoring and not win a cup. Uh, the other two being Jerome McGinley and my number two, Marcel Dion. Okay. Yeah. He is number one on my list. Okay, Spoiler yep, alert. Yep. Yep. I figure. Yep. Uh, he's number one on a lot of lists. I uh, just, I, I didn't put him there because I don't believe that he was the best player ever. Like, the best player in the league. I know that it's not necessarily fair because Gretzky was there and what the (laughs) hell are you going to do? But I don't know that he was even the second best player in the league at the time. Uh, Really, like the, the, I guess in what, 78, 79, and 79, 80, he, he was, yeah, I guess he was, he was top three there. won the Pearson twice. So, uh, certainly had the accolades. It's not to say he wasn't a fantastic player. Uh, but I just, the two guys that I have ahead of him, I think were just better when they were good. So that's, that's my reasoning. Uh, And I'll, I'll, I'll reveal those players in a moment, but, uh, you have them at number one. I just, I, I, I hate to, to cut off your, well, why don't I just, I'll just, tell you who i have one through three you can tell me who you have one through three and then we can just talk. go so uh diana three i have joe thornton at number two okay and i have eric lindros at number one. Ooh, okay yeah i like the eric lindros joe thornton is a technicality for me doesn't make my list because technically not retired so nah, i'll give you an asterisk retired. on that one <laughs> yeah so my one is dion two is king henrik and number three is Perot. Uh, basically, so Marcel Dion really, I, I really could have flipped a coin, you know, between him and Henrik Lundqvist as far as who I put in at number one. But I mean, Dion played on some really bad teams, which is kind of why I gave him the nod, right? I mean, he he was the reason his teams had any sort of regular season success. I mean, he comes into Detroit, um, you know, again, they don't really have any. Um, talent with him to play so they never made it to playoffs he gets traded goes to la um unfortunately never actually made it past the second round which is just crazy to me uh and that's i mean just a testament to how bad i think the <laughs> la kings actually were at the time because he dr- physically would drag them into the playoffs uh the way he played i mean when you're putting up 130 points a season and you still can't have any playoff success clearly that, that proves why the NHL is such a team sport, right? You need other guys to contribute because, you know, again, Austin Matthews, best player in the league this year, but couldn't get out of that first round because, you know, other guys aren't contributing, right? I mean, yeah, it's just sure. the way it goes sometimes. You need to have other guys helping out. And so, um, you know, again, this guy was so talented. And I feel like if he had been on a team where he had competent players around him, like Gretzky had Messier and Curry, uh, so on and so forth, I mean, he could have – he could have been so much more, I feel like, you know, the way he played the game. He was just so slick, so smooth. And, you know, at five foot nine, you think for a guy that just uh, is so small in an era where guys are throwing elbows left and right in the 70s for sure, 
that he wouldn't have any success, but man, he proved proved doubters wrong. So, uh, you know, not only could he pass the puck, he had good mitts, but he could he could finish right fifty goals yep. multiple times. Uh, so to me, he comes in at number one, and you know, Henry Lundqvist. While again, I agree, he thinks uh, that you know he was definitely a guy who carried his team in the playoffs. Um, you know, he wasn't solely the reason they would get in the playoffs, but, um, you know, again, he, you know, unlike Marcel Dion was actually the best player in the league at his position at a certain time. So maybe that's the one knock you could give on this, this pick here. But to me, um, you know, it's just the, the production out of Dion and the lack of production around him was just the reason I gave him just a slight edge, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, this is just, you know, we, we mentioned, and, and I, I don't disagree that uh, it's such a team game and that you don't win with one player. But it is interesting to note that from the first time the uh, Art Ross Trophy was awarded in 1948 all the way to 2002 when Jerome McGinley wins it, uh, in that, what the, what's that, 55, 54 years? It took 54 years for somebody to win that and then not end up winning a Stanley Cup. He's the first player to ever win the scoring title and never end up winning a Stanley Cup. Right. That's crazy. It took that long. And uh, and so the, I mean you've got you've got Jerome McGinley, Joe Thornton and and that is that it? And then Marcel yeah. De, Marcel Dion. Yeah, I mean Dion was. Oh, I'm a guy sorry. Who, I guess I guess it was. Yeah, it went to 1980 when Dion won won the scoring title. Uh, right. That was that was him there. Yeah. So I mean, outside of that, it's just it's it is interesting that in between Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager, you've got two the really two of the three guys who never won the cup uh, to lead the league in scoring right there. Two of the three. So then the other ones, Joe Thornton, uh, and then Henrik and Lung and Daniel, back to back seasons. Uh, and we'll say, like, I don't know that Jamie Ben's ever going to win a cup. Um, and I have to think that the Oilers will eventually break through and win a Stanley Cup. So all these, you know, what, five five Art Ross trophies between Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um, I got to think that that'll be eventually like, yeah, they, they won a cup or two in there. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's obviously much di- more difficult to win a Stanley Cup but when there's 32 teams as opposed to even 20 years ago when there were, what, 20, uh, what was there, 20 teams? And 16 teams were still making the playoffs. And <laughs> there were also, like, auto bad teams in the league, whereas now uh, there's, you know, now it's not quite a, quite that drastic. You don't have the, the, like, brand new teams coming into the league to just totally beat up on them for a few years. Uh but yeah. Anyways, I just to uh, to get to a couple players that <laughs> my number one and my number two and my number four were not on your list. Uh, so it's just that's probably the most drastic contrast we've ever had uh, in making a list. But Eric Lindros, I for my money, out of any player on this list, I would take him over anyone in here. Uh, to, to build a team around. I would take him to build a team around. If, you know, if all things are equal, he's healthy and and we're in the same era, kind of like everyone's equal across the eras, I would take Eric Lindros. Like, I think there was a four-year span where Eric Lindros was truly the most impactful player in the NHL. He was unreal. Uh, and I, I would take Eric Lindros. And then second, 
on this list. I, I would take Joe Thornton to build a team around. Man, I'd take Joe Thornton all day. Uh, in his prime, you know, I think he got beat up a little in Boston. I think he would have had an even better career had he not had some weird years in Boston. But um, just he he was a, a modern day NHL guy. If he had started now, I think he would have been even better uh, because he wouldn't have gotten touched. <laughs> and he could sauce it. And he, he could was sauce the best it. Yeah. Passer he, he's he's so actually long. he actually may be one of those guys that like doesn't matter what era he would have been in, he would have been freaking good. Uh because he could sauce it and that's all yeah. he needed. And uh, he was big too. So right, you could go yep. play back in the you know, the tougher eras where guys are throwing elbows and he'd still he'd still survive. Yep, very true. Uh but yeah, and I'm it's no knock on Marcel Dion. I know he put up tons of points. I, I guess you know, I I wonder. Uh, you know, you can kind of take the uh, take the point or take the uh, adjusted adjusted points and and do that stuff where where that would lie. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I can't remember where where to grab that stuff from. But you can go and find the adjusted score, adjusted stats based on the the years. But apparently, if funny enough, he has like his number one comparable. Uh, is Joe Thornton <laughs> on Hockey <laughs> Reference. And the fourth best comparison is Jerome McGinley. So apparently they all have something in common, these players that don't win Stanley Cups. Um, but That's too yeah. funny. Well, Justin, any final thoughts before we sign off today? Oh, man. Uh, just uh, get ready to take a trip. So, you know, the, the listeners are going to be without me for a little bit. So No! Uh, I know. It's okay. it's uh, tragic. I know. I'll, I'll manage. You're going to Hawaii. Yeah, I got to go to Maui for sister-in-law's wedding. How so. long are you going to be there? Uh, I will be there for nine days. Oh, look at you. Nice. Well, you yeah. know, unfortunately, what that means for uh, everyone else is that they're just going to hear me talk about things. So, <laughs> uh, our yeah, next show, I'll, uh, I'll break Kadri. down some of the. Oh yeah, Kadri signs. Yeah. No, yeah, hopefully that happens and we, we see Phil Kessel or maybe some other free agents get signed here. So. Yep, yep, for sure. Well, yeah, you'll uh, tune into our next show. It'll just be me. Maybe I'll find a guest if I uh, if I am so inclined. But uh, talk about news and things going on in the NHL. And then when Justin gets back, prepare yourself for another top 10 list as we continue our summer specials here on Overtime Hockey Talk. Find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you guys soon.